this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. sick man yep you guys heard it lamb sick but he's still here i'm gonna start that with your nose blowing <laughs> fantastic i want them to know what they're in for well i feel like i feel like i'm one of those guys i don't get sick very often like it might even be at this point like every couple of years now but when i get sick i get sick yeah your immune system just goes oh god well, I, and plus i don't think uh, you coughing or blowing your nose or having a stuffy voice can push people away as much as apparently the last episode did, or the not the last episode the episode before did it's um, the testicles man when we talk about balls it was and that that wasn't even like a crazy <laughs> no i feel crazy. like i feel like i feel like we've talked about way crazier shit than that mm-hmm. but to be real with you though it's one of those uh you know we were talking about this the other day not you and i but like me and another friend like how weird the social stigmas are around anything sexually related in the united states compared to everywhere else in the world yeah and like i said to you before we started recording if those people were offended by that then this is the wrong show for them anyways Yeah, (laughs) because i'm not going to censor myself about especially something that i actually think is an important issue is that although i i do have something to say about um self-examinations. You know, one of the doctors, I saw two doctors during that process, and one of them said that they actually don't encourage people to men to do self-examinations anymore because it leads to too many false positives. Sure. And or and or men who don't know what the heck they're checking for and miss something important but figure they don't yeah. have to go to the doctor. And that I mean the equipment down there is weird and yeah, I can see I can see that like somebody going, what's what's this? I'm like, well sir, that's actually part of your normal anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a ball, sir. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and to actually to touch on with with the audience listening now, to touch on what we were talking about earlier, um, or I shouldn't say earlier, like two minutes ago, <laughs> I guess technically that's earlier, the idea of those older episodes when we used to study, because um, you, you and I had this long conversation 
after we finished recording last week's show about, and we had a whole bunch of like really exciting realizations of things that are possible. I'm not making any promises, but this is what we've been talking about. Um, if you guys listened to the earlier episodes of this show, like the, I guess technically it's, I, I, I put it in as season two where we used to study artists like David Lynch and Nick Cave and uh, Frida Kahlo. We wanted to do that again, but we're going to do that for the Patreon supporters because, you know, it's exciting and it's exciting for us, but it's not something we can do on a consistent basis. Um, just too much. It's too much work to do on a weekly basis for sure. Uh, so being able to do it for Patreon supporters, whenever it's available, then it's available to them. And it's always going to be there. Excuse me. I burp in every episode, don't I? Yep. <laughs> oh, by the way, before I ramble any further, congratulations on number 50. This is episode 50. Whoa. Didn't know that. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we want to do that. And then we've, between this show and, and Creative Minds, I've mentioned the idea of audio documentaries and doing video and all of these other things. Those are other things we really want to try, but we're going to do all that stuff for the Patreon supporters. What I really want to do is Patreon, I feel like, and this, this is just a generalization. I'm sure there are plenty of exceptions to this rule. Um, I can already think of one which is Amanda Palmer. But a lot of people on Patreon just kind of throw their supporters um, scraps or add-ons. You know, like, here's here's um, two minutes that I cut out of that episode. Or here's an extra question that I didn't include. Which, I mean, it's not bad, but I, it's just like an afterthought, the Patreon. But these people are actually paying to support. So I thought it'd be really interesting to make quality premium content. Instead of considering it bonus content, actually think of it as premium content. You know, you like this show? Cool. You like Creative Minds? Cool. You want more? Awesome. We have stuff of equal, um, sometimes even of greater quality because of the effort put into it that's going to be available through Patreon. That's kind of what what I want to do. What Lamb and I were talking about last week. Um, it's just a matter of us finding the time, isn't it? Yeah, basically. I mean, I remember, I, I still am shocked by the amount of time that we spent researching those episodes. I mean, it almost became uh, essentially a full-time job um, between all of the other stuff that we were doing because we wanted to, you know, create content that 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 rose to the quality of the content that we would personally want to see. And so because of that, we went in-depth into quite a few of those, um, in some cases, um, spending just unbelievable amounts of time just to get things right, especially for artists that we respect too, uh, which for every single one of those episodes was definitely that way. Uh, but it was obviously more challenging for those that we we reviewed in a special kind of way. Like I feel like the Asimov episode was one of those, um, or Nick Cave because of the emotional connection that both you and I had with his music and, and his life story. You know, what I find interesting, I've mentioned this before, the way that conversations here tend to lead to realizations later you know like this is the place where um we're we're spitballing stuff and then later i'm like oh and things start connecting for me and one of the things that i've been realizing is um actually i think yeah tonight i on the journal on the holy fool page the daily journal that i've been doing i put a piece up on this but um to kind of talk about it more instead of in writing form there's this idea that like there's two ways you know you that you make content out there. There's the grow, 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 grow theory, 
you know, get as many people as you can and uh, try to make content that it appeals to as many people as possible. And even if you only get 20% of people watching your video or 30% of your people opening your emails, it doesn't matter because the number is so big. But then there's the other school, which is the, the, the niche school. You know, it's like I get 90% open rate on my emails, but I have a smaller number of subscribers as a total. Or um, you know, like Patreon, you know, you can focus on Patreon and putting premium content there and you're going, okay, well, only 5% or 10% of the audience is going to actually go and look at this content. But that 5 to 10% is financially supporting the show in some way. So it's... It, it's a different way of looking at things. I think that for a long time, um, as far as internet creators, everybody has looked at give everything away, give everything away and do everything the best you can and, and you know, give 100% and you know make it a second job and then hope, hope, hope that you get as big as Joe Rogan or somebody like that so that you can make money off of ads. And it, I don't think now that, you know, especially podcasting is so widespread across, um, you know, everybody seems to know what podcasts are now and it's becoming mass media. I don't think it's possible for that to happen for everybody anymore. Well, I think the other side of that too is, you know, we, we forget that podcasting um, for as ubiquitous as it is now is actually still kind of in its infancy. So figuring out the correct you know, monetary model that makes the most sense for the widest amount of artists so that everybody gets a fighting chance is still something that we're trying to figure out. And I think part of the appeal of giving it away initially for, for most people who get into podcasting is that you have an easy way to, to, to pull in an audience without either of you having to risk anything. But I think that defeats the purpose of what what art or podcasting um, as as a piece of art is really about, which is if I, if neither of you is risking anything, then neither of you values what you're doing. <laughs> well, I think also what what a lot of people that are like us, you know, that that um, is a weird way to say it, but that were nobodies when they started podcasting. You know, they're not already a celebrity. Like Joe Rogan was already a celebrity when he started, but people sure. like us that don't realize when they get into podcasting that those other people didn't get into podcasting to make money off of it. It just happened to happen for them. They actually got into podcasting to sell something else. Sure. You know, like comedians got into podcasting so that more people would want to go see them do stand up when they were on tour or they got into it to sell books or publications got into it to sell more subscriptions to their actual publication. Sure. Like Joe Rogan and, and Mark Marin and and you know Bill Burr, all of those guys have mm-hmm. super successful podcasts. But the podcasts are basically a giant billboard. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not taking away from any of their podcasts because I love no. all three of their podcasts. All people, oh, yeah. three of their podcasts are actually phenomenal. Um, but it's definitely a vessel um, for something else that they're doing. You know, it's not a standalone. Um, and I think that's the difficulty for guys like you and I is that this is. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have plenty of other stuff that we're doing, but not. It doesn't feed something, or it doesn't feed back into this. You know, we haven't created the feedback loop uh, that basically um, it, it, that is catalytic. Uh, and I think that's the the interesting challenge for those getting into podcasting. Unless you're already famous and you're you're you've got a way to draw an audience into your podcast um, and or your show, and vice versa, it's actually really really tough. 
especially now because it's, you know, all the big guys are getting in the game now. And I don't mean celebrities. I mean, like, big corporations. You know, Spotify is dumping all this money into having shows made. And Audible did it for a while. All these companies are starting to dump money into podcasts because they're realizing that it's it's a really easy way to maybe not always make money, but to build a brand. Because podcasting compared to doing pretty much everything else is really cheap. It's really cheap. Um, you know, like doing video. Oh, man, it's expensive to do video. Not because you're buying film and stuff like that, but you got to have, you got to pay the people who know how to film. You got to pay the people who know how to edit. You got to pay the the talent that's in front of it. And then you got to do all the other backend stuff that everything has to do. And let's not forget about the, the tens of thousands of dollars in equipment cost too. Mm-hmm. And that's, for, and that's for shitty gear, by the way. Like if you're getting really good gear, it's a lot more expensive than that. Yeah. And I think that's why you, you're seeing kind of a weird trend. There's a lot of shifting in the industry right now. Like for example, right like an hour ago, I was listening to song exploder. You've heard that, right? Oh, people wonderful. Yeah. So weird thing. Uh, Rishikesh Harway, I always say his name, it's a difficult name to say. Rishikesh Harway, yeah, sure. That's as close as I'll ever get either, so well done. So he's made an announcement that he's basically stepping away from the podcast. Oh, weird. Why? It's he's Okay, it's really weird, and that's why I use the term stepping away. He's not leaving the podcast. He's not going to be the host anymore, and he's not going to be a producer anymore. He's just going to be doing something else. I think he's building a business, basically. Yeah. And he, so he has somebody else going to host the show. And, and then his co-producer, um, Casey, I can't remember what his name is, is basically going to do all the all that work. And that's so it's so weird. But, I mean, it makes sense because you're like, oh, he wants to build something else. Well, he not only to- that, but considering the level of complexity in that show, um, I can't imagine doing that for free for very long. <laughs> he did it for five years. This was he just he announced it after episode one fifty, which was Fleetwood Mac, by the way. Great yeah. episode. And then you have um, you have what's going on with all these podcasts becoming TV shows, which to me, I'm sorry, but it, it actually pisses me off um, because it's just. It's to me. It says, "Oh, you got into podcast to jump to something else." And maybe only I feel that way because I'm a podcaster and I'm in this to podcast. I'm not trying to jump to something else. So you know, like I mean, you've got Lore is a TV show. Serial is going to be a TV show. Homecoming is a TV show. Sword and Scale is going to be a TV show. Up and Vanish is going to be a TV show. Dirty John's already a TV show. Pod Saves America is a TV show. Which, by the way. Pod Saves America, you kept the name for a TV show? Come on. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's really weird. And it's just, it's it's so frustrating to me because it's it's like um, what you're seeing is some of them, not all of them. What you're seeing is these these people went into podcasting and... They they did really well. Those are all actually, there's not a single one of those that isn't well done. And then you have companies coming in and going, how can we make money off of this? How can we make money off this? And so that let's make it a TV show because people like to watch TV. And so they, they're going to try to replicate. I mean, like the lore one is supposedly really cool because it does something different. It takes it 
into the visual area in a way that the show doesn't. But I don't know. But you see, I mean, if 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 you do make that move towards something like that, and you change it, you you use it as something that is supplemental or 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 augmenting of the original, then I can I can see that being really cool, you know. But if you're literally just going for a cash grab, um, like many of them are, then that is just uh, it's just deplorable. It's taking the same magic that you got, you know, from um, the, the the podcast and hoping to replicate it in such a way that gains you the same audience or more on the visual side so you can pay for ad space and i think that's just horrifying and i mean to be clear too i'm not i'm not upset with the podcasters because put in that position i probably do the same thing you know these guys aren't making a fortune off of podcasting so somebody comes along and goes hey we can double or triple your income and you're already kind of already doing what we want you to do of course they're going to jump at it. You know, it's like sure. bands bands that get shitty record deals. Why do they take them? Because it's better than not having one at all. Um, or at least back in the day. But it pisses me off that, you know, people see this industry. And instead of investing into podcasting, maybe that's what, what I'm trying to work my way into. It's not that these companies that are coming in and they want to throw money at these podcasters... It would be one thing if they did that and they were investing it into podcasting and making podcasting better and helping the podcasting community. Instead, they're trying to steal the talent from podcasting and shove it into their old model. Sure. And that's what pisses me off. But, you know, that's, 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 that's an age-old tactic for most of these. I mean, look at the music industry when it transitioned over to streaming. I mean, a lot of the same thing happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And it, it does iron it out because usually the companies end up tanking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sooner or later, there's there's a correction in the market for people who are going for the cash grab. Like it doesn't work forever, you know? And and, and the unfortunate thing is that the position we're in like right now, we get to see the very beginning of the cannibalizing of the industry, but eventually it corrects for itself, you know? Eventually the world catches on and figures out that all these, all these punk-ass corporate executives and i'm not even bad-mouthing all corporate executives um so anyone who who gets you know i'm not a fat cat shouldn't be fat kind of guy i just like you, you know because one of the guys i respect most for example is is kevin feige and he's a billionaire mm-hmm. um you know but because you and, and, and it very clearly you can see why it's because there's such a love for what he does i don't give a shit if you make a fuck ton of money Doing what you love and showing that heart in the creation, that, or the, the 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 stuff that comes out of what you love. But if you're literally just doing it for a cash grab, uh, like you know, you look around at all of these these guys at these various companies, um, like you know Turner or CBS or whatever it may be, who who are doing things literally to make money and cannibalizing the art in order to do that. I mean, Kevin Feige is such a great example of how you can do it and still have the love for it at the same time. I think too what what I think what nags at me a little bit, and I don't know if it pisses me off, but it just nags at me is there's there's this idea among creatives sometimes that of scarcity, this idea of creativity being a limited resource um, <laughs> this and I don't mean talent wise because that's a different debate, but I mean like. I do this show and then somebody wants me to do a TV show. So I'm going to do this show as a TV show because they're scared to try something else, or maybe they don't have the idea to do something else with the medium using the medium to its advantage. You know, like what can I do 
here. Like I haven't watched the lore, but I would assume lore does really well in the visual format because they're essentially ghost stories. So you could do some really cool stuff visually with that that you can't do on a podcast and vice versa. So I can see how that relationship works. But the Pod Save America thing, no, no, no diss to them, but I mean, come on. You guys are sitting around and talking. What's the difference between that TV show? You're sitting around talking with cameras. There's no... It's just creatively lazy to me. You could have yeah, done no, something so much better. I have high... That's what it It bugs me because I have high expectations. I think ultimately that's the crux of it for me is that I don't like the laziness. You know, like if I'm if I'm going to define it in any way, um, that's that's you know, like I said, I, if you're going to do something creative or cool, then yeah, all power to you, go for it. You know, but if you're literally just going to try to recycle the same thing in the hopes of replicating the same level of success, then you're you're ruining what you're trying to. It, it's then it's not about it's not about creation anymore. It's just purely about monetization, and I I can't respect that. That's why going back to where this whole thing started. That's why. When I think about stuff I want to do for Patreon, I don't want to do the same stuff I'm already doing for the patrons. I want it to be something different, not only for them, but for me. Like I deserve to be able to do something different and to expand and to challenge myself. You know, like I didn't think I'd be doing these daily journals and I just kind of started screwing around with it. And now I really look forward to doing them and I enjoy it. And they're getting longer and it's really crazy. But when you open yourself to those opportunities, your your limits and you you know I've talked about this a long time ago when we talked about me doing vlogs how what you believe your limitations are aren't actually your limitations they stretch so much further beyond what you actually believe you're capable of and you have to open yourself to that and that's the that to me that's really the adventure of being a creative person is opening yourself to that adventure and seeing how far can i go what can i do what can i become and that's why failure is such a big part of it, because if you're worried about failure, you would never do that. Well, I think there are two things that diametrically oppose each other there too, which makes it difficult, right? Like if you choose a life of creativity, then, then you you choose a life of bravery. You choose a life of, of looking around the corner and, and seeing what's next or, or, or destroying something in order to create something brand new. Like if you truly are creative and you want to be creative um, as an artist for, for, for your living, and I think the moment you choose to take a monetary, you put a monetary value on your creativity. Like, for example, if a uh, record label signs you and they want you to do three specific kinds of albums and you say yes to it, then it defeats the purpose of why you started doing that in the first place. And I think that's the, the trap people fall into is, you know, the, the glitz and glamour of the money that comes along with it supersedes the the, the the driving ideal that led you to that moment in the first place, which is to choose creativity over a life of, of predictability. And I think that's like a lesson that musicians had to learn when streaming came around, right? Um, or even actually before that, when you know, Napster and all of that stuff came about. It went from this idea of like, hey, we can all, we can all be rock stars. We can all be Motley Crue. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope, we can't. But we can't all be blue collar workers. We can all tour and make enough money to pay our bills, and then maybe we come home. You know, like Ryan, he has to come home and and work at FedEx, and he's not ashamed of that. That's his life, and he's he's stoked that like he gets to go and you know play in Power Man and play in Strata and then tech for Three Eleven 
And then he comes home and he gets to be home and like, that's his life and he's cool with that. Sure. But it takes a shifting and everybody, I think that podcasting is going through the rock star phase right now where everybody wants to be Joe Rogan. Yep. But only Joe Rogan can be Joe Rogan. That's why we love him. Yeah. There's a reason why there's only one of that guy or one of those guys, you know what I mean? Uh and, and it's it's tough too because I, I, I understand the impulse you know I, the, the, there's there's no person that gets into uh, the world of podcasting that doesn't want an audience or doesn't want to be successful and does, unless you're just really really fucking weird and of course there are those people out there and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that either you know some people just like the sound of their own voice and, and want to make something that that will live on past them and that's totally fine but you know for for the rest of us like i i I would love to have a huge audience for this show it would allow us to do a lot of interesting and and weird things um you know uh and 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 i think ultimately the 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 choice for for us um the reason why i got back into this show with you um is because in the long run what i ultimately want is enough of an audience to allow us the option to, to choose this life much more easily without having to sacrifice a bunch of other things in order to make it possible. Right. And, and we could very easily continue to live with that rock star mindset of like, okay, if we're going to have that, then, you know, we have to do this and we have to do this and we got to get our, our numbers up and we, you know, we got to make sure we appeal to everybody and don't say fuck. And let's not talk about testicles. Let's not name the episode testicles, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, but we don't do any of that shit <laughs> because, you know, in, in reality, you don't have to live like that. You can very easily, here's, here's a good way to look at it. You can have 10, like you can be Casey Neistat, Right. You can have 10 million subscribers and put up a video, but only 999,000 of them watch the video. So you get into 10%, percent 9%, 10% turnaround, right? And you're sure. making money off of them and you're going, cool, I make a lot of money off of them. So he makes, we'll say, I'm just going to have no idea what he makes, but we'll say he makes uh, $20,000 a day, probably way more than that. But we'll just use that as a number. Now you got somebody else who has a completely tiny audience compared to that. They have maybe 50,000 listeners. Maybe that's it. Or uh, we'll stick with YouTube. Uh, 50,000. Actually, this metaphor won't work with YouTube. Um, 50,000 listeners. It's a podcast. But they make awesome premium content. And of those 50,000 listeners, 40,000 of them pay $10 a month. Well, now that's $400,000 a month. They're making almost as much money as Casey Neistat is with 2 million people with passive income. And it, it's, so it's, it's feasible to be able to achieve being able to do this full-time without having to become a Joe Rogan, without having to become a Casey Neistat, without having to become a Motley Crue. You, you, can, you just have to set things up with that in mind, as opposed to the other, and realize, yes, there will be premium content. And some people will be annoyed that they can't see the premium content for free, but it's premium content. And the people who pay for it will be able to look at it as much as they want. And it's a weird, I think we're in the transition period where people are starting to realize that that's acceptable, but some people haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) Well, there's also... um interesting thing too there's a, there's an article that I've, I've been meaning to send you um that talks about 
I forget the name of the guy, like he's the guy that we always read on Medium, um, where he talks about stop giving shit away for free. Hmm. Um, and and you gotta find that if you can. I will, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll send it to you so we can post it in the show notes but it's it, it, it we live in a world with zero inherent value <laughs> you know nothing has nothing has any any real sense of, of value anymore and that's really really tough i mean for people who want to create things that are are, are that have an inherent sense of value you know the, the amount of time for example that it used to take for us to research those previous episodes i mean i remember some like the Murakami episode where for any of you out there who haven't read Hikuro Murakami, holy crap, it is dense. It is difficult. It is time consuming. And then I, I can't imagine someone doing that full time and not getting paid for it because you would literally not have any time to do anything else. Right. And I mean, by the way, you guys should go listen to that episode of this. I think it's episode one of season two. <laughs> to this day, even after taking how long do we take off? Like a year and a half off like of the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still our number one episode. <laughs> That's and and you know what? Good because that one was a pain in the ass. It's I mean, big in Japan, actually. Ironically, well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Hiriko Murakami, or is it Hikuro or Hiriko Murakami? I don't Haruki, 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 Haruki Murakami. But I mean, good. And and that's that's fantastic because then it it tells me that there's a direct correlation between the amount of time we spend on something and how much people inherently like it. And that's why it makes sense to do premium content for the more difficult stuff. You know, like if I do premium content, if I do video for premium content, we don't have a video editor and we don't have a cameraman. So you and I are going to have to figure out how to do the idea that we have and film it at the same time. And then I've got to edit it. So it's going to probably, with all the other editing I have to do and all the other work that I do, it's probably going to take me months to edit. So maybe if we're lucky, (laughs) we'll get four videos out a year. But it'll be worth it because it'll be something different. Sure. Instead of just passing off scraps. That's, That's what I don't want to do. I don't want to say, hey, support me. I mean, theoretically, we could say, well, I do put out eight podcasts a month and if you want to listen to those to support but if i really wanted to do that i put the full show behind a paywall or both shows i don't want to do that um sorry audience my cat is being annoying it wants to leave the room so i have to walk away for a second (laughs) i'll be right back speak amongst yourselves So um, back in the old Saturday Night Live days, um, when Mike Myers uh, used to get flaclemt, uh, he used to give topics to the audience to speak about. And uh, one of my favorites was the Holy Roman Empire was neither Holy Roman nor an empire discuss. I kind of wish I didn't catch the end of that so that when I went to edit... I was hoping hoping you would find it later. That was kind of the point of that. One of my... Uh, there's just two shows, well, technically three shows, but I don't want to mention the third because one of the people on that show pissed me off. <laughs> I don't want to support them by telling anybody about their show. Oh, but man. Two of the shows that I feel like are the template in some way to this show, I wouldn't say content-wise, but just um, I feel a kinship to them, we'll say, um, is Weird Studies, first of all, which is if you guys haven't listened to Weird Studies and you actually like listening to us, Imagine if Lamb and I were like way more intelligent and way more well read. <laughs> I mean, we're relatively intelligent, relatively well read, but those guys are just 
to me, they're just brilliant. Oh, those guys are freakish, yeah. And they're both college professors too, so that makes it's sense. damn impressive on many levels just listening to them talk. Like even if I have no idea what they're talking about, just the way they speak is pleasing. And and they're not stuffy. You know, they don't have a problem throwing out the word fuck here and there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But um, there's that show. And then there's another show called Exponent, which is kind of the other end of the spectrum. They talk about like um, business, um, tech business, but not like tech about gadgets and stuff like that. They talk about like the market. And um, it sounds really boring, but it's actually a really interesting show. They're actually... They're, they've been on like a weird hiatus. But anyways, I can't remember why I brought up those two shows. But either way, you guys should go listen to those shows. Um, I don't know. Oh, yes, I do know. I remember now. So Exponent, the second one I mentioned, when they first started, I've gone back and I listened to their whole archive. When when they stopped doing the show for like three months, I went back to the beginning and listened to the whole show. And when they were first starting, I think it was like 10 episodes in, One of the one of the guys had to go and take out the garbage because the garbage man was like outside. He's in, he's in Taipei. So like the time difference between the two, the other guys here in California. So while he was gone, the other guy did a monologue like you did, but didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But then when the guy came back, he didn't know that he had been doing a monologue. So he didn't find, and that's the guy that did the editing. (laughs) So you totally just reminded me of that right now. Wow. I I'm not gonna. That. That's really. That's really funny. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna search through all the episodes to remember which one that was. Yeah. <laughs> that's not something that shows up in show notes. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just. I'm. I'm really excited to try out some of these ideas and stuff like that. It's just a matter of getting there. Um, you know, I, I. I think a lot of things have just been kind of clicking into place for me. Like that. That's. That's a big realization for me. It's like, oh. I've had the goalpost or maybe to use a golf term for you, I've had the flag in the wrong hole. You uh, know? Uh, sure. Like I've been thinking like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, or maybe not even the flag in the wrong hole. I've been driving towards the wrong hole. You know, like <laughs> it would be like being on a course where, where you're supposed to drive to the right, but maybe you see another hole for, for another hole. Yeah. I've, I've actually done that too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and you go and you go 225 yards in the wrong direction only to realize that the the flag on the right was the one all along and now you have to traverse twice the length in order to get there. Yeah, and the one that you drove couldn't get to the other one anyways cuz it's way too fucking far. Yep. That's like trying to be Joe Rogan. For everybody trying to be Joe Rogan, it's like it's possible. It's possible, but it's not probable. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the most liberating thing about doing this show with you now is is that we're not trying to be Joe Rogan anymore. And I think we no. did for a long time. You know what I mean? Like there was a period of time there where we really were focused on on trying to achieve certain things with our audience and, and, and looking at numbers pretty much daily, sometimes even hourly, in order to, to try to meet some sort of weird expectation that we'd set for ourselves as to what the show was supposed to do and how quickly it was supposed to grow. Right. And, and that is so exhausting. <laughs> and, and to be clear, he, he means mostly me. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, you, I was obsessed. You, you were obsessed. I mean, it, it got to the point where where you were like in the matrix with this stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, there's. I, that's, I think that going through that, um, first of all, I think that's how we got to where we're able to do this the way that we are now. Um, but that made me realize that even though in some ways I'm super mellow, 
when it comes to certain things, I'm completely type A and I never, ever really thought I was type A and I kind of totally am. Yeah, you would. I, I, and it's it's funny how, how, how clear that becomes too. Like you're not just type A, you're very type A when it comes to that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think an ultimate. I mean, we moved around a lot trying things because you know, like I'm, I was watching the numbers and I thought, I think I just watched too much shit. This is this is something too. You know, I think we mentioned last week how um, when you look at all online sources, everything starts to sound the same because you're all pulling from the same place. Sure, all the fucking advice out there is the same bullshit too. You know, if you're a six, if you're a podcaster and you want to do really well, every article you find out there is going to tell you the same shit. It's going to tell you the same thing over and over again, and you start believing the hype. But the reality is, it's it's like that um, that rant that I went off about that guy not having read the Mahabharata. Like, you didn't read it. You're just repeating stuff that other people said from other people who said it from other people who said it and maybe that person read it well and not not to bring it back to the golf analogy too but i can't even tell you the amount of, of people that i try to help in the golf world who you know and, and i think the analogy is really apt too is that you know when you look at 10 different golf swings even 10 different golf swings among 10 very different or very good golfers you know legends in the game um, they all swing the club differently so the advice that you give from one person to the next is very specific to what they're trying to achieve and how they're trying to achieve it. You know, like some guys are built like Tiger Woods and can hit the ball 350 yards and 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 maximize their distance that way. Other guys, like you know, a guy like me, for example, is never. I'm not going to be six two and built like a condor, so I'm never going to be able to do that. So I have to find a way to achieve a result without those physical tools. And I think you know, in the podcasting world, is really similar. You know, like a lot of the advice that you 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 hear. Which the more you do this, the more the more you realize that most of it's bullshit, <laughs> because it's coming from sources that that have absolutely no idea what it's like to succeed with a podcast, which I think is 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 inherently uh, disingenuous and then horrifying. But they don't take into account the people podcasting, like you know, for for you and I, for example, it wasn't about you know the the, the artists we covered or the 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 you know, the subjects we talked about or the research that we did, it was our interaction. Like so many of the, the, the friends that we got advice from, you know, like I remember um, talking to Brandon at some point, he said, I wanted to hear more of you guys. Like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So our bread and butter for you and I is our interactions. Like most, most everyone I know who I've turned on to our podcast tells me that the best part of, of our episodes is how you and I have this obvious rapport and we're both nerds in the same way. And so because of that, their lens, it's almost an Ocean's Eleven-like familiarity that allows us to be able to bounce back and forth really quickly. And that's entertaining. And and not everyone's going to have that. You can't have that in a true crime podcast. You know what I mean? Right. Or at least hopefully not. <laughs> oh, actually, my favorite murder is kind of like that. And I, I, I used to dig that show quite a bit. Yeah, I, was, that's, I think that's why I didn't like that show. <laughs> Which sounds funny. But I think... Um, yeah, I mean, when you when you really like, you look at like the numbers thing. That's and that's the kind of bullshit advice you get, where it's like, watch your numbers so you can see what works for you, what works and doesn't work. And in some way, I don't think this is the origin of it. And I actually really like this person, so I don't want to talk shit about this person. But it reminds me of 
why I didn't like Growth Hacker Marketing by Ryan Holiday. I did not like that book because um, for all the NSA listeners, Trump and yeah, um, so so Trump in my mind, Trump and Obama, although glaringly different policy wise. Mm, I'm re- I'm rethinking this. That's they not, were that's elected not, for the same reason. Let's say they that. were they were elected by different people for the same exact reason. Exactly. They're they're in a way mirror images of each other. Absolutely. Politically that's, speaking, that that literal sentence that you just said right now was the reason why I thought someone would punch me in the face if they heard it. Because people who because people who are in either camp are very much in those camps. <laughs> well, let me let me remind you of something. People who would want to punch somebody for saying that. Number one, you're an asshole. Um, yep, number two, uh, the angels and the devils are mirror images. So depending on what your what team you're on, you don't like the other side, do you? But that yeah, doesn't exactly. mean they're not mirror images. So so, and I think that that's that's the the one thing that I take away from the 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 Obama discussion that we're that that we're talking about loosely here is that politics is very complicated and usually takes a hell of a long time to achieve anything. Like we're a slow moving machine that basically governs 300 million people, you know, so nothing happens quickly and nothing happens over, nothing happens quickly or, or dramatically usually, unless there's, there's some kind of catastrophic event that creates the need for it. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's the what way we want to understand. Yeah. Of course that's the way we want it. Cause otherwise it's fucking chaos. And I understand, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, for anybody that's listening, I'm not saying that there aren't people suffering that need something done for them right now. The reason sure. you want the government to move slow is it also prevents really bad things from happening really fast. Yeah, because you want thoughtful people to come up with good solutions, not knee-jerk solutions to emotional reactions, you know? Every, everything's got to be thoughtful, dude, because there's 350 million people who are going to be affected by it. And that's just in your own country. Usually the decisions that the United States makes affects many other countries on top of that. Right. Like everybody's, you know, there's a lot of people that are really mad that, you know, like this, this um, investigation of Trump is taking so long. I hate to tell you, it has to take that long because you don't want an impeachment. I'm not saying he's going to be impeached. We don't know. But you don't want somebody, a president, impeached fast. For, sure. for anybody that doesn't agree with that, let's go back to Clinton. If it had happened fast, he wouldn't have been president anymore. And so you know, if you're on the left, you would have lost then with the same ideology. Holy crap, man. I, I, I was raging against some of my own liberal friends for saying this. And I'm, a, I'm inherently a liberal. So, I mean, this is, this is not. So, people gave Dianne Feinstein a lot of shit for saying that impeachment is something you want as a last resort. And something that you want to do thoughtfully and carefully, because if you don't, it sets a horrifying precedent. Right, and I completely agree with her, because not- the only the only reason why people want to impeach Trump so fast is because they disagree with him, not because it's the the, the right process by which to go through it. Well, let's not forget that the impeachment process. Number one, we've we've never actually gone through the impeachment process. Yeah. And, well, um, maybe maybe back in the day, I can't remember. Actually, I should clarify. For anybody who doesn't know this, impeachment is not the final result. Impeachment is the investigation. That's called impeachment. So Bill Clinton was impeached. He just was not removed from office through impeachment. Impeachment is the process where you're, you're questioning the president. 